0: Welcome to the Weekend Update on Friday the 13th of January 2023. I'm your host Christopher Gallagher and this week I'm joined by Christian Wolf. Hello Christian, how are you? Hello! Happy Friday everybody. Happy Friday indeed. Uh, it was good to hear you back on The Review with Graham this week. Um, some really good stuff. I-, I messaged you privately and said I thought that the stuff you talked about stats at the end of that show was genuinely really, really good. Um, it was very insightful and... Uh, yeah, good work.
1: Thanks, Christopher. Um, uh, that didn't sound genuine, it
0: was. Uh, yes,
1: if, if you didn't hear that, essentially stats are shite. That's what it's. So,
0: that's... Stats, uh, yes, we are getting rid of all the stats. And, yes. Um, no, but I mean, um, just the kind of weird discourse around stats on kind of social media, which, you know, social media at this point is kind of everything's a discourse. Um, but it was just quite quite good for you to explain, you know, not only can you, you have to use both aspects, because um, there's there's a lot of stuff on social media at the moment in and around Celtic um, kind of Twitterdom and blog sphere and, and all that stuff, podcasts and stuff. It, just people are throwing themselves out with opinions based on, just on stats, I guess is the point. And I don't want to pick up in anyone in particular, because I don't think that's particularly fair, but um, that Dutch guy's a bit mentally. Who's <laughs> <laughs> the Dutch guy? Have, you not seen the, have I missed this? Who's this? Oh, Tell me. A, there, have you not seen the mad Dutch guy who's, like, basically said that Rio Hattati is, like, an average player and all that stuff? Have you not seen the oh, Dutch guy? I,
1: oh, it's just a guy who's, like... He's got his own, like, little model. Yeah. And, and the, he's like, who, who can we replace him with? And stuff like that. Is it a bad
0: guy? Yeah, it's the, it's the kind of... Uh, the valuation replacement like Celtic uh, to replace Rio Hattati, Celtic would have to pay like 2 million and again like he's got his own model but all all models are flawed you you know in some way but his seems to be a little bit more flawed
1: he's had some funny ones for that uh, I think again it's good what we always come back to is that's like doesn't pass the eye test because there was another guy he got us his name is Ben. And he's I mean he seems a very nice guy, but he's he's got his other kind of not an old model, but he puts three stats together from White Scouts. And he likes some sort of like what's he calls it again? Dangerous passing or something. And he, he likes to do this threads, um saying, Oh, look at these guys. And he he, he had gesture for like possession and stuff. So he did one for Scotland the other day for like, just, like midfielder's dangerous passing. And he, like his first fourteen players was from outside Celtic and Rangers. He's like, look at this guy, Ross County. Ooh, look at his dangerous passing. And I was like, mate, I mean, if 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 you're doing like a stat ranking of something, like especially like dangerous passing, and none on the of your fourteen top start from Celtic and Rangers, maybe you should just go back and look at your model a bit, yeah. like because like it, yeah, you could be one or two, and that kind of pops up and stats... I can identify them. You also go, like, maybe there's something wrong. Uh, you have this, you know, if, if you're really into the nerd stuff, you, you know I've got a big issue with um, stats bumps that, uh, called um, own ball value, right? OBV. And somebody says, oh, look at the XG. Somebody goes, oh, look at, the, look at the OBV. And I was like, don't look at the OBV. But the, one of the things with OBV is, like, you have defensive OBV, and it's essentially every action you do defensively should have an impact on the probability of scoring a goal or preventing a goal and there was something like top 26 players on that ranking for stats but we like from outside like celtic <laughs> i think it's greg taylor was at number 1 of 27 i go, look if you have a stat no matter what it is in defensive output like what's you know what's the value of their defensive output and your best celtic players at number 27 have, you know, have a think about your model and have a look at it because, you know, I think that's the danger. As we talked about on that review, that if you go too far into the player events, individual player events on the pitch, you're going to get so much noise. And if you then try to make some conclusions out of that noise, you're just going to look like an idiot. I, and I and I mean, that's you know my advice. to Everybody who wants to try that, don't look like an idiot.
0: I, I think who was a uh, Welsh midfielder. Joe, what do you call him, used to play for he played for Swans. Joe Allen. Joe Allen Joe Allen had better stats than like Xavi at one point, than in Iniesta. Just like his stats were better than them. and it's
1: like he had, a, he had a very high um, passing average. Yeah. Like uh, passing uh, like completion rate, which is I remember even like Scott Brown had that when won Champions League. It's like, oh, he's, he's got higher pass completion than Xavi as well. And you go yes, might not be a good thing, <laughs> right? So it's, that's it's just the context of it. So yeah, there's. I mean, partly on social media is partly just you just want to throw some content hashtag uh outer and that's one thing. So you just put some stats together, and you, you hope it, you know it. You get lots of tweets and uh, retweets and stuff. Uh, I, can't, I can't even remember the link anymore. Right and well, other part is just like just as I said on the review, it's just bad analysis. It's just like you've, you have just okay. You, you just need to take a step back and. Maybe consider the context of it. And as I say that the artist you need to pass the artist. Yeah. yeah. And, and stuff like Rio Hotata is, you know, you, you just really have to watch the games,
0: you know. I mean, I mean, yeah, <laughs> well that's that's the thing. Um what a, what a player. Um yeah, I right, so um the review this week I enjoyed it quite a bit. <clears throat> so uh yeah, check it out. Uh it's on your it's on the app, it's on your RSS feed and it's on the website. Um Got an opening question from Fergal uh, McGuigan. I'm pretty sure Fer- Fergal's in um, Australia. I just want to confirm where he is. He's in Melbourne. He's in Melbourne, Australia. Um, and he messaged. I've been to
1: this- Melbourne once. I've been there. Is it nice? Went to see the neighbours. That, that was that was that was yeah. No, it was really nice. They got a free tram.
0: You can go around it. Is um, it's fantastic. Was na- was neighbours big in Norway? I know you've been here for a long time, but just when you were a wee guy.
1: Mm. I can't specifically remember. It. I, I like I was aware of Kylie Minogue and all that, obviously. Yeah. But obviously, I, I watched it. Actually, do. because I was a student in Scotland. Uh, I did watch a lot. Of uni. So it was it was my my wife's choice to go there. I have to say that, but I, I did agree wholeheartedly
0: that we should go and see it. Why Why the hell not? Anyway, so Fergal McGuigan uh, sent a message, uh, and it was a question. Um, so, I'll just get down to reading the question. Is there a world where we see Ange Postacoglu staying longer than four years? Only when he worked for the Australian Youth National Team has he gone over four years in one job. So, what would, what do the club need to do to keep him longer than four years? Is it an impossibility? Um, it's an interesting question because, obviously, at the end of the season that'll be two. You Fingers crossed you'd we'd get a third out of them. After that, you know, it's a, uh, you, you kind of don't know where the, the land will lie at that point. Um, what's your thoughts? Should we be keeping, uh, this is going to sound tiny, but ultimately, should we be keeping any manager for four years in the modern contemporary game?
1: I, I guess that's the first point. It's like, you don't get that many managers that stay more than a lot more than four years. Even maybe, maybe like a Celtic and the centre, what well, was O'Neill five seasons? Yeah. Strachan was four. Lenin was four, Diala two, which is two and a half. So obviously, you're looking at over four years. is not not common. But I've been thinking about this a little bit more recently because some of the work we're going to do on the on the transfer committee next week. I want to kind of try and do something where it kind of plans a bit, not just the next window, but we plan a couple of windows ahead, right? Say so, you know, the next eight, eight, eight months. And I think recently, what well, before I kind of thought, I'm just not going to be here long. That long, I don't know what it is, but I can kind of see him being here a bit longer than maybe I expected, and I guess maybe assumed his age was going to put a fire under his feet right? in terms of okay, I, you know, I want to go to a bigger league, but I think there's probably that argument that that time is finite as well for him, and if if he goes to the wrong club now, he doesn't have an unlimited time to try again. Yeah, right. So so I think, uh, but, but would he stay? I, I think. We know he's very demanding of his players, of his staff. I don't think he'll be demanding of the club as well. And that's not purely getting a lot of money. But he, I think he would want the club to want to improve and want to keep trying to do, do things better. I think it was on the weekly you had the discussion around the treble, right? And the status of the treble now. And to mark yourself as a great Celtic manager and big, big impact on Celtic... As a manager now, the triple's not really going to cut it, is it? No. You 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 obviously have to win the league, but you're probably going to be more defined by success in Europe. And let's be honest, that's probably okay, maybe not a trophy, but you know that'd be nice. Or but at least a consistent appearance in in the last eight, the last four, something that says Celtic has take, taken a step up now. You know that they are european force again so i think that's possible for fans to do I something i think that's something he would like to do and, and make his mark through. but the club needs to keep backing him you know keep improving and i think and i won't don't talk too much about it because i think it's a big good discussion of the transfer committee next week is that I, i'm kind of looking there'll be a point soon if you look at the players contract if you look at their ages and then maybe start a little bit in the summer, but I think especially before 24-25 season, that would be anxious fourth season, 24-25. And you got key players getting older. So you got guys like McGregor, Kyogo, if he's still there, someone like Starfield, with touching 30. There's Some of their contracts will be running down. Uh, but then you also got players like Jota, Hatati, O'Reilly, CCV, who, if they haven't had a big offer already, you're looking at 2024 and go... You know, if, if they keep even just playing like they do now, you're going to get some big offers, and they all maybe come around the same time. So there's that. If you want Ange more than four years, yes, the club have to keep improving. But a key part of that is how do you manage that transition from like the first generation Ange to like you know Anch second generation? When some like all the key players from the first team either they're start getting older, contracts winding down, or you will get big offers for, for for the really key players.
0: Um, I, you know, I've been thinking about Ange as well, and kind of in the in the kind of pantheon of of football managers. And like, if you were to convert football managers into clubs, Ange is kind of like Celtic. Like, you know, he's that sort of. Let's be realistic, kind of mid tier, um, very attractive, very interesting like he is the Celtic of football managers I, I think because he could go up and he also could drop down I think the point you make about his next move if he did make a move and it was disastrous let's say he gets a move to an English Premier League club uh, you know and it goes look I mean look at Graham Potter now it's a it's a difficult situation because Chelsea are just seem to be an impossible team to manage but like if he goes to a club and it doesn't work out and he's very quickly dismissed you know he's back to square one in a lot of ways, and so that part. If you'd said to me, you know, at the start of this season, "Well, i to be with Celtic for four years," I would probably th- have thought it's kind of unlikely. The longer we're going, he seems content, and I know we've not really came up to any kind of juncture in the road where a club that potentially, you know, like an Everton, if if Frank Lampard gets sacked by Everton and they come calling for Ange Postacoglu, Postacoglu will probably. Look at that and think, you know, weighing up the the dangers of it being a bit of a basket case club, but it being a big club that if he gets it right. So we've not came to that crossroads roads yet, but I'm also I'm quite confident he's going to stay.
1: As I say, I think he wants to do as much as he can with his career, and I think he wants to improve. I think he wants to achieve things, but I don't think there's a lot he can't achieve. At Celtic, uh, yeah. what he wants. So you're talking about, and what's realistic for him? Because realistically, you're not know, talking about Ange Postecoglou ever winning the Champions League, right? He's but even, even if he goes to another club, I just don't think he will. You know, some although some sort of weird movement alignment of the stars might end him up at City or something like that. Weird, but yeah, I don't think winning the Champions League for Ange Postecoglou is a realistic goal. Winning the Europa League is. And I think he, he you know, he could do that at Celtic or he could win the Conference League I and mean, he can win a European trophy or he can go really far and, and make Celtic into that force again. So I think if we look at his ambitions, what is his top realistic ambitions, he could probably achieve pretty much all of them at Celtic except for managing in, say either England or Spain or maybe Italy, right? And if you've got a decent club in one of the, a decent project in one of those countries, yeah, that's probably an ambition he wants to do, but I'd, I still think he would want to, I don't think he would, it, as I say, it doesn't have to be one of the, you know, the clubs are at ninth and tenth now, but a project, Everton is a project. Someone like Brentford would be a project, um, uh, and so on, and some of the clubs in Spain, but a lot of the ambitions that I would believe Ange Postecoglou still have, and he wants to achieve, he can achieve them at Celtic. But this the the club I say the club, the board needs to move with him and be able to kind of facilitate that.
0: Yeah. And you know, that's the thing when, when Ange comes and says, Okay, I've been kind of uh, going around and getting really good bargains for you from, you know, different leagues. Let's take let's step it up a notch. Let's let's maybe add a couple more million. If he ever did that, then you know God help him. And <laughs> um,
1: I, I, I I'm kind of giving, trying to give away the, the, the whole agenda for the transfer committee here. But uh, well, it'd be good for Ian and Bell just to start preparing. For those. <laughs> but uh, one of the things I think you can look at as well is, and I'll, I'll post this question on the transfer committee. I'm still not sure how good Celtic's recruitment process is, and by that I mean identifying players and executing the deal. Because it's kind of like still like so many good players comes in. But the really good buys are from Japan. And there's like things like where there's such a clear opportunity to bring somebody in. It's like Matt Riley's release clause, Axibanovich, for example. Uh, you get Jota and CCV on loan right, you know, end of the window, and it turn out great. So uh, I'm still not sure how good the recruitment process is. I mean, it's better than it's been, but a large part of it is, is I think, is anxious contacts in Japan. I'm still waiting for that one kind of. Yeah, really well-executed deal from outside of Japan, if that makes sense. And it's yeah. not like haven't brought in good players from the place that you have, like Iran, which is another one, but you kind of go, okay, that's our top target. He's he's a different league. You go in, you execute the deal, bang. And there isn't like a, like a caveat, like a Haksibanovich caveat or, or, or something like that. So I, th- I think, I mean, the signs are promising, and all right, but even in this window, like your two major signings, what you believe like could be actually in, you know about you know, comes from Japan again. And I, you look, I'd have a team full of Japanese players. It's not that, but I also want the recruitment process to be able to be. I want evolve, them yeah. improve and also be there after actually.
0: You want them to go to be turn around, and say here's a Turkish guy or here's a Polish player. I know what we're going to talk about yep. a young Polish player we're linked with, but go and be like this is the guy and him to be brought in and to be brought in. Kind of the way the Japanese transfers have been done, they've been very easy now. I don't know if that's to do with how, how easy the Japanese clubs are to deal with or hmm. you know, how quickly we're working on these contracts. But it seems like very smooth the the Japanese deals. And everything else seems to take a little bit longer. And we're obviously, we're going to, let's kind of move on to some news. Um, Before we even get to the news that I've got written down on the rundown, um, Cho seems to be, uh, he's, again, you know, it's all kind of talk and stuff, but apparently he, again, is kind of stalling a little bit. And we mentioned it on the weekly about, you know, this is a huge contract for him, his next move. completely understand why it would take him time um, to make that decision, and he's got all the time in the world from his point of view. or At least he's got the next couple of weeks anyway. Whereas for us, we're just absolutely frustrated because we want his deal in, and then to move GG on or whatever. It's kind of a conveyor belt for us. When do you kind of when with the the Chow deal? When do you kind of go right? Do you know what times up? We move on to our next target because it's ta- it has taken quite a while.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess we're halfway through this window now. And you say like okay you can wait to the summer i think ideally you would probably want to move now um and it, it's probably have an agent that, that's keeping those options open but at some point a lot of this will be out of Celtics control but i guess as, as you say there'd probably be a reassurance for us if you went if you'd gone and get somebody like Cho going heavy going a good offer straight away get him over the line there you go and and Deliver him like into the first week of January because you haven't. You've gone in, you know. Offer the club's fine. You you put your charm offensive on off in terms of Chow and you know this is this is where you want to be and have it. But and Celtic might have been trying to do that and done it everything like that. But, um, it, you know, in in essence, it, it's difficult because I also I, I want Celtic to have a little bit of patience in terms of see if you've uh, they identified Cho, and you don't have anybody you think is just as good as him just now. I'd rather they almost not wait, but if he says if he it has to wait to the summer to get him in, I'd rather they wait to the summer to get the right player than than try and bring him in now. But you also have to, at some point you do you need to go. Who else can we move on? Because what it seems like outside as you say is. You can't let. I think it'd be difficult to let Gigi go unless you get another striker in. And I know you can play other strikers there, but realistically, Kyogo can get injured, and you need another striker in before you can leave him leave him be. So yeah, it's a bit.
0: But like, so, I guess
1: Celtic's got the cards though if if Drew doesn't come in this window you, you can keep GG to the summer and you, then move on to your next target.
0: Again, I, you know Christian's mentioned the transfer committee we're recording that next week and it'll be uh, myself, Christian Ian and Boud but we always talk about um, strategy and we always talk about that list, you've got that list of players if it's not working you move on. I I do just wonder though because you know if, if there was, if this was just about bringing in a, a, a striker Then I'd be more, I'd be more kind of relaxed about the idea that he he could come in in the last couple of days, but because bringing in him relates to moving Gigi on, like it's just a little bit more complicated. We can always say you know if if Chow stays in, in in South Korea and you know we can go back from the summer great, but. I just do wonder when Celtic go, like, we're going to need an answer, pal. Like, I know you're in, But we're going to need an answer because this is a conveyor belt. It's it's all linked. Uh, Gigi's going to want... Gigi wants to go now. It's clear that he wants to go, and that's fine. He wants to go and be the number one guy somewhere else. Completely understand that. But I don't... I I, I want him out the door now. Like, I, I just think it's, it, it's best for all car, all parties. So... I don't know. I, I I think maybe you work your way down, but um, we've been linked. We mentioned this in the weekly as well. Fabrizio Romano um, was on a, a podcast. Uh, Simon Woodlarky, uh, Woodlark. Yes. Um, he's a twenty-year-old. He's been dubbed as the new Lewandowski, which I'm sure is as much of a much of a poison pen name as the next Maradona, uh, because we've seen plenty of those uh, flop in Argentina. Um, you've had a little look at him, um, Christian. What's your what's your thoughts on him?
1: Yeah, first of all, I, mean, I wonder why they chose Lewandowski there. <laughs> and maybe, maybe he just happens to have an almost identical skill set to the most famous Polish striker ever. But you know, but not sure why I'm being such a dick to the yeah. to Polish media. Uh, they probably deserve it. That's that's what I'm doing. But sure. um, so yeah, quick look is 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 an understatement. Um, but I know, you know, went just before the, the podcast there. I don't look as you know just some basic stats, and he's, so he's got 15 games, and uh, the extra classer, which is extra classy, top tier of, of of Poland, obviously, 10 starts, 5 substitutes, uh total of 9.1 per 90s played, so, you know, decent so far for, for a young striker. 7 goals, 2 of which are penalties, so he's got 5 non-penalty goals on 3.4 XG, non penalty XG. So, you know, per 90, that is, as I'm sure you've already calculated in your head, 0.53 goals per 90 and 0.37 XG per 90. So, it's good numbers. So, I had a quick look, just really quickly, just on some of his shots this season. I'll tell you who he reminds me a little bit of Robert Lewandowski, you know. So, Um, no, I mean, he's, he's a tall boy. He's a tall boy, I think about 6.3, 6.3, six foot three. Um, that is tall. Jesus. Yeah, uh, so, but decent enough pace, decent enough technique for a big lad. And so, so yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, it looks all right. I mean, I've always seen some of his shots. I mean, uh, I sent essentially a video of he's, he's got an absolutely fantastic miss for the only on the 21 teams against Latvia. I saw, which is, I saw it, yeah.
0: He it's,
1: it's, it sticks his legs out one yard uh, in front of an open goal. And to me, it's, it's, a bit, it's like it hits him high up on the leg because it's, you know, it's a quick cross. <laughs> but I not why he goes outside. Um, so we expect to see that if he signs. Um, but I mean, it, you, you do look at him and he's he's obviously a talent. And if, his, if that's somebody you you identify as, you know, being capable of, of coming in and producing something, which I think he probably is. He's still very young. But I guess the scenario is if, if Gigi goes, is this someone you can bring in and he can be the backup for Kyogo? And I think that's still unanswered. I, I don't think it's, you know, he's it's, it's obviously someone who needs development, but I think he's obviously somebody you can see just by his starts in a, in a decent league Okay, I know we had the Clamalla thing before as well, but he, he can probably come in and, and be a decent backup straight away, I think. But I don't think he's, he's not... To me, he doesn't go... Somebody who's going to come in and kind of... Challenge. Challenge Kyogo, which, true, maybe might have done because he's, he's a bit older, he's got a bit more pedigree. So, But yeah, I mean, it seems a decent link. You know, if you are 20 years old and you start scoring goals and pulling, you will have clubs looking at you, which I think is natural. So, But he is very much of... you know. Celtic strikers are more Kyogre, GG, very different. True, um, like, it's, it's quite different to Kyogre in, in terms of his size and his mobility. And it, this is more a striker in the Chu GG kind of at least physical mold.
0: I'm hearing project. I'm, I'm, oh, no, every 20
1: year old is a, a project though, but yeah, I, I mean, no, it's, it's, it's not.
0: I, yeah, I know. Every, we, my, my, point, my point being, like, you know, I want someone, and I'm sure we, we all do, want someone who's going to come in and put pressure on. Uh, Kyogo, um, yeah. lo- I love Kyogo. We all love Kyogo, but we want someone who's going to put pressure on him to help him perf- even perform a little bit better. A twenty-year-old who has scored five goals in his career, and again, this 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 young man sounds like he could potentially be be great, and he would be maybe great as the third choice striker. You know, maybe maybe he would be good as the third guy because Kyogo's got a history of injuries over the last couple of games, uh, over the last couple of seasons. Pl- players get injured. Players need rested, of course but i just the idea of going from uh, someone who's a, a world cup someone who played really well in the world cup who looks like kind of the perfect fit for us to a 20 year old who's not got a lot of experience it just it's not it's not ideal for for me personally as a fan because i, I do think if Kyoga gets injured and you're you're thrusting this boy into the limelight he might sink or swim but i'm i'm not looking for sink or swim i'm looking for something a little bit more yeah. guaranteed
1: i mean I... I- it's an incredible amount of owner admin here, but also for the transfer committee. I, I want to like, it, it, if you look at Celtic from twenty four twenty five, I've kind of like put up an ideal squad number and and even like players per position, and it, it goes up to about twenty eight. But I think in a striker position, and this it kind of includes like a young prospect as the like the fifth choice centre back, the fifth choice like fullback, the third choice, and I think in a striker position, Celtic for me is one short. So, they ha- you should have two strikers who can compete for it. And then you need somebody talented enough to be yeah. able to step in. Yeah. But, you know, they're, they're not a first shot. this guy, he might be too far along to be uh, like, you know, a third choice striker at Celtic, like how Because he's getting decent minutes in the Polish league. If you want to go and get limited minutes in, in the Scottish league, maybe. But I, I think you need somebody in that mold. Ideally, you bring them up from the youth academy. Ideally. Yeah, you, you definitely need. A third choice in there
0: i mean ideally, you can comment
1: and contribute
0: ideally it would be joey dawson if joey dawson was yeah. the the talent i'm not sure it is but you know that's what you want you want the guys coming in from the b team coming up you know um, obviously lewis laird knows knows a lot more about joey dawson than i do but from the limited time six I've goals
1: seen, in the last three games
0: i've heard from Lewis. uh yeah it's called reporter it's just a very um it's just that standard is, it's really hard to convert like if someone's scoring five goals in the Polish League compared to five goals in the Highland League you know?
1: like, I think this, he's, Simon is still eligible for the, the the Highland, the Lowland League for a few more months, <laughs> bring him in now, see how many he scores in the fifth tier and Stick, then stick him in against Cove Rangers
0: yeah. um. Yeah. We've also—I um, just saw this little bit of news about uh, Kwan Huke
1: Cove Rangers is in the championship, by the way. I know, I know. So I know. That's, it was—it was—it was, yeah. was a joke. Uh, okay, okay. I mean i made, want to, i, to I say, don't want somebody at a next say, you know.
0: Cove Rangers are a very well-run club. I meant to say Kelty Hearts. Okay, I get mixed up. All right.
1: <laughs> Jesus. Sterling University or oh, <laughs> University of Sterling? That's that's—he's that, that's, that's, playing away to Dundee United. Actually, and you know, the,
0: my former club, University of Sterling. Uh, and the and Scottish Cubs, Cubs. Right, yeah. Um, There's a, a Kwon Hugh Q, um, defensive yes. midfielder, a, plays for K-League two-side, Bunsen, E-Park. Um, if you like the Celtic, keeping all options open, 21-year-old. Is this, I mean, you'd imagine a wata coming in would kind of kibosh that, right?
1: So, I park sounds like some sort of depressing parking space company by the way. <laughs> yeah, so does. so so possibly so the, the, the interesting thing is he's I had a look at again quick look. He, so he was on loan to um Club called Sanju last season, but in the K one league. So so he's actually playing I think he had about thirteen starts in, in the top Korean league. Actually this well last year now uh, you know twelve hundred minutes so but he went back to his, he on iPark um, now in September. So so yeah, it's, it's Korean second league. But he's you know he's already played you know at least half a season worth of game in in the top league in Korea. So again, not an expert, but it's you know, from Asian a Champions League. Comparance like Japan and Korea seems pretty you know comparable in terms of league. So yeah, again, it's somebody who's just kind of got that 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 pedigree and. You you do wonder the links because I was kind of kind of going now like surely defensive midfielder. You know, Kieran's talked about a lot this agenda. You think maybe okay, maybe you've to complain eight. Maybe you could push McGregor up, but you kind of feel like there should be one more eight. Maybe not in this window, but maybe next one because yeah. as we talked about, guys like Hatati or Riley, if they keep going, they're gonna get offers. And while they might not go in the summer, I think they go. Cool. So you need to always do that. But again, you know it's. It's the markets, it's, it's the age profile, and I haven't watched them a lot, but it, it wouldn't be expensive. So if you can keep getting at that conveyor belt of it, maybe not. Because a lot of the Japanese players, I don't know if we are going off on one hour, but have come in and at an age where you want to see them contribute straight away. You know, Mayeda, Hatate, Kyogo, uh, even Idiguchi and Ivata. It's kind of an age you go, get it ready. Kobayashi is interesting because he's a bit younger. So it'd be interesting if you have that kind of you have a conveyor belt of Japanese players so far that's coming in, and straight away, first-team player. But maybe now you see, because there was talk about the other Korean strikers, as well, to kind of go, okay, bring them in, some of them maybe a bit younger, and let them settle in for 18 months instead of six months, and then bring them through. Yeah. Which, you know, again, interesting one to keep an eye out, especially true in terms of transfer committee, and how how, that, how you say that conveyor belt, I guess, as we said, needs to keep going. Because even though the squad looks good now, because a couple of things we want to do, as I said, it's going to come a point soon where you're going to get offers, you're going to have to make decisions on contracts and so on. you have already seen it with GG and GG and uh, <laughs> at, at this point. So you need to keep them coming. And if it's not anybody you can bring up from the youth team at the moment, you have to start supplementing them with, with younger players coming in as well.
0: Yeah, we also need to get rid of some of the dead weight. You know, like I don't know why that. Abulgar's clearly not gonna play, so can we just come to an agreement with that? You know, McCarthy, you
1: know. Chuck him back to Russia. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. You well, know,
0: I'll yeah. Or just, just let him go to Denmark. I don't know. It's, it's very sensitive, <laughs> very sensitive. Um but yeah, I the transfer committee is regarding next week. Looking forward to that. and um, we'll go through all this stuff. Um Saturday Celtic are in the semi final of the League Cup against Comarnock, five thirty yes. PM kickoff at Hamden Park. Kamarock Christian, just down the road. Yes. From, just down the road or up the road from you? Up, up. up.
1: If you know your uh, Ayrshire geography, by yeah, the up.
0: Just up the road from you. Um, the DKBs, as
1: they're called in here.
0: So you know. Well, Kamarock are called the DKBs.
1: A, A United fans call them DKBs. What is that? Dirty. Kill-y. Bastards! There you go. There, there you we go. go. Yeah. Oh, so um, so i have assimil- assimil- assimilated here. <laughs>
0: um, we, we'll have the Komanic point of view in just a few uh, minutes and such. But how are you? How are you feeling about this game? Is there anything are you worried about? It? Is there anything that McInnes can do?
1: That I mean, first, yeah. I mean, first of all, I'm feeling great because I'm going to the game and I'm going to be half drunk when I'm there, so I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, tactically, McInnes, I had to, I had to do something on the pod on. on Tuesday of the review that I've never thought I'll do on a on a Sydney pod. I had to praise their ingenuity tactically, <sighs> which was is tough. But you know, it's so I'll, I'll give you the short version, obviously, because me and Graham went through this kind of their Kilmarnock setup against Celtic on on that pod tactically. But there's no way getting around it. It worked really well for the first half, like I said. Celtic in the first 44 minutes had two shots, uh, you know, and they were f- both outside the box, like 0.08 XG or something. So their, their setup was really effective. And it wasn't just a case of, ah, they, they sit low, they're, they're tough to break down. Because I think you have to be more sophisticated than that against this the Celtic team. And uh, two, three things they did really well was that they put a man, I think it was Robinson. He was on McGregor the whole time, and as we talked about, okay, it helps giving McGregor a bit less time on the ball because that's always good for the position. But you just add one of your front two into the middle of the pitch, quite far down, which is good because you, you know, crowd out that space. And then a lot of these teams have been playing like five-three-two uh, or five-three-one-one against Celtic, and that midfield three is very key for that because they have to be. Compact, they have to be narrow, they have to move side to side a lot because you've got your wing backs looking after Celtic swingers. But the other thing they did really well is that if you play three at the back or five at the back, you will, really o- you will always have at least one spare center back. And whereas Aberdeen just kept them in a, hold of them really low and a, on a straight line and they just sat there waiting. What Kelly did really well was that it was mostly the, the right sided center back because Celtic was usually down the left-hand side, very effective at jumping up into the midfield line. So when Bernabé came in and Tate's there, and, and nominally you didn't have two Celtic players in a space where there's really just one Kilmarnock midfielder with have everybody else set up, he would jump out, give them no space, crowd it out. And it did. It, the timing of that has to be correct because you, you can often get it wrong because you can't jump too early. You know, it just creates space behind it. But Camaro did that really well. And the other thing is they also didn't get too low. They didn't get too deep. So Celtic could, it wasn't easy for Celtic just to camp out uh, really close to the penalty box like Aberdeen did. They, you know, it's not like they're pressing high, but they were a bit higher. But all the lines were really compact and they moved side by side really well. So I think overall that was a really good defensive setup and, and a pretty, you know, smart one with the resources you have so I think they're going to try and replicate that and I think the, the point is Celtic have had a good look at it now so we'll have analyzed this and then okay how how do we overcome that because Celtic might get an early goal right they might get a set piece or something in you know, five six minutes and then, you know, that's, that's killing this game plan you know, almost over but if they don't you know you, you see what they could do to Celtic in that first half what I mean by that is like contain them very effectively.
0: Obviously Lafferty's back and you know we're not going to touch on any of the bullshit that surrounds him but will that give them an extra dimension you think or could that in a way distract from from how they play because the last time we played him at uh, Rugby Park he was appalling and, and I think you know the times we would played him before that he would caused his trouble when he was at Hearts and, and stuff but it was just quite one dimensional well that's, that's certainly how I took it anyway.
1: I mean you saw how limited they are going forward. So, might he get his big head on a set piece? Yeah, maybe, but in terms of open play, like he's, I don't think he's any sort of a, a benefit to him in that case. Because that other striker, the one that's not on McGregor, like, to make that block work, defensive block, work, you need to put a running in, right? And so you need to kind of make sure at least you take out one of the center backs and you have to like Go between them as well And you can't see Lafferty doing a lot of running can you no. So I, uh, I don't think he'll Play and I don't think that's uh, You know he, he'll probably simply, he'll, he'll Chuck on to try and get a, a set piece Light on but you no know, in, in terms of Kelly is very limited Offensively as you saw and I, I don't think He brings much To that other than set set piece it's, it's probably More detriment in terms of defensive work
0: Is it a case of an early goal And their game plan is Kind of gubbed
2: you saw
1: what happened in the other one and I think they came out in the second half and kind of tried to do the same but it was a lot more open straight away and I I mean that is is, it's tough doing that for a whole game because you have to be so disciplined you have to move across so quickly you have to and as we said on the pod like they don't even make a big mistake for the goal but they're just tiny bit slow in, in going from one side of the pitch to the other and then Celtic because the really affected doing the Celtic too. Even in these kind of games, they're not doing well. They keep doing, trying to do the same things. And even after a half that was really poor on the ball and trying to move the ball, you have a quintessential Ange Bowl goal that gets the first goal. You know, you, you switch to play, the fullback comes in, Maeda gets that run into the house place and the, and the pass is executed really well. And you get, then you get two runners in the middle as well. You know, it's, it's almost even more of a classic Ange ball goal that the striker doesn't get it because it's the other winger who's supposed to come in and you know be in front of goal which is Jota does so even if it contains Celtic almost perfectly for 45 minutes Celtic's not doing well but then suddenly Celtic do uh, it's not a set piece or like a personal mistake or a long shot it's the thing they've been trying to do the whole half and what yeah. they want to do and then they do it even in that period so it's, it's so difficult to them up against. Okay, okay, if you get an early goal against Kamara, I don't think that'll change the game plan much, they'll, they'll try and stay in it but you know, they're so limited offensively so unless they get lucky on a set piece or something like that, it's just I just can't see it if Celtic score first.
0: Um, what are you thinking in lineup wise? Um, do you think it'll be very similar to what we saw on Saturday?
1: Yeah, I mean the only two things is Burnaby is he is he going to put Juranovic in instead? Tepanos Burnaby be had a, had a poor game. What he tried to do, I think, is. He was poor because of execution of what he did, not what he was trying to do. I think he was trying to do mostly the right things. right things, yeah. And he and did it really well <laughs> for the first goal. So I think I'd rather see played play than, than Duran on the left. And then the other point, I guess, is, is the other spot in in midfield in terms of Moy or O'Reilly. And again, I think, I think he's so against Kamara. That, that's not Moy's kind of game, right? That's not his where he can be more effective so and with O'Reilly you know, starting on the bench you know, so I, I can see him coming in as well but other than that I think Maeda and Jota is, is you know I, I can't really see a curveball there I don't Abada wouldn't be a big curveball and the Hexbinder's not really there I, I don't think he's going to start for against that. I think apart from Burnaby and Moy I can't see any, any potential change to Saboda. Unless it's going to go rogue and try and Kobayashi or something
0: like that. Yeah, something crazy. Um, let's uh, let's hear from, uh, let's get the Kilmarnock point of view. Joining me now is Callum Scott from Forever and Ever, the Kelly fans podcast. Hello, Callum. How are you, sir?
2: Not too bad, mate. Yourself?
0: Not too bad, myself as well. Um, looking forward to the game on Saturday. A huge, huge game for uh, both teams. Um, when was the last time Kilmarnock were in a, a semi-final at Hampton?
2: Uh, the last time we were in a semi-final at Hamden was when we played Air United in 2012, and I'm sure you'll remember the, the final that year.
0: Yes, uh, yes I do. <laughs>
2: so that, that was the last time we were at Hamden. period, was when we, we played Celtic in the, the, the League Cup final in March 2012.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, obviously that was pretty painful memories for us, but uh, what sort of experiences, you know, obviously Kamaruk don't win a lot of trophies, what sort of experience was it winning the League Cup?
2: It was absolutely surreal at the time. Um, Nobody gave us a chance, Uh, and rightly so, to be fair. I mean, under Kenny Shields in that kind of period, we we tended to do okay against Old Firm. We we kind of came out and tried to play a wee bit. Um, And you obviously remember, I think it was earlier on that season, uh, we were up 3-0 against (laughs) Celtic at Rugby Park. I mean, after the talks about it, it was the the turning Neil Lennon's tenure as Celtic manager. Um, And then he came back. Um, obviously you're well aware of that game same with us and I think all the way up to that League Cup final years were undefeated in like 27 games or whatever yeah. and, and we we were uh, obviously we, we came out on top that day and it was just it's certainly the best day I've had supporting the club um, my dad who's 63, 64 year old and it's uh, it's the happiest day of his time supporting the club as well and he'd seen us win the Cup in 97 so uh, ju- just to go and beat any, of the, uh, any half of the Old fun. In
0: a final in uh, Hamden is really unthinkable for our provincial club. Yeah, I remember the fucking uh, so oh, Jesus. I remember the uh, the ninety seven semi final Celtic versus Falkirk. uh um, went to Ibrox for the the first first leg of that uh, first leg the the first game of that, and obviously it was a draw. That was a bloody nightmare. Um, so yeah, I I mean, f- fair play uh, Celtic. At that point, had a kind of horrendous record uh, at Hamden. That's obviously changed now. Um, how has your season gone so far? Like, um, Obviously, Darren McInnes came in. You have got relegated a couple of years ago. McInnes has came in. This season, how has how's it went? Has it went to the way you would like it to go? Any kind of problems, uh, questions?
2: <laughs> to, to be fair, I think um, we're in for a wee bit of a rude awakening. I mean, I know I'm biased, but I would say that Camarners got a Premier League club. I mean, we've been in the top five for 28 consecutive seasons. Yeah. We get relegated and obviously, the COVID season when there was no supporters. I mean, you guys know how hard that season was for you. Um, and I think had we, um, you know, if there was fans in the ground, you know, the board would have taken action sooner. There would have been outside chances of staying up. So, obviously, we, we've been back in. We, we can't, no unrealistic expectations, but you thought McKinnish, you know, he's a, he's a solid manager, eh, decent enough record at Aberdeen. I mean, look, look at the kind of nick that Aberdeen are in at the moment. Um Aye. Without having no progress since he's left, um, and, and and you thought you know we'll be hard to beat. We won't be great, but we, we should do okay. I thought it would be kind of similar to like Jim Jeffrey's time at Kilmarnock You know we, we wouldn't do too much uh, against old Firm but have a really strong home record, which to be fair we do have. And can I beat everybody round about us? But it's our away our away form has been really really poor. McInnes at times he's, he, he was um, dealt a bad hand. To be fair, we had a lot of guys in two year contracts. They can't get rid of um, who will all be away at the end of this season. Yeah. Um, so even though the Billy Bowie came out and spoke about all oh, the biggest budget for he's been at Carmarthen, we well, said the biggest budget in the club's history, but that's not true because we're not paying guys six grand a week that we were <laughs> twenty years ago. That that's for sure. So, um, but he, he said about that, and I think that kind of led some of the fans into a false sense of security that all oh, will be money to spend, and it's not really been that. You would look at yourself looking at the the squad. I mean, it's loan signings for England, young guys who haven't played a lot of football at all, and then some kind of journeymen. Um, but the the main frustration uh, is, as a supporter this season's been the kind of lack of consistency in the starting eleven. Um, in systems play three at the back play five at the back play lopsided wing backs it, you, you never know what the team's got to be and I'm sure we'll come on to it but I'm, I'm, I'm not too convinced what the, the team will be in Saturday whereas you think getting into a semi-final you know what your best 11 is but we don't
0: Yeah I mean that's that's one thing about uh, Celtic under Ange Postacoglu is you know exactly how Celtic are going to play um, personnel might change but the system's always the same and you know exactly how we are going to kind of, kind of set up and stuff Um Obviously, you are a, a ninth in the table. Um, you've got, you've played a, a game more than a Motherwell and Dundee United, who are just a point behind. Is it a is there a fear of being dragged into that relegation battle?
2: Well, absolutely, I mate. Mean, I mean, at the, the beginning of the season, again, I was hoping you know they be been outside chance of top six because again, looking for, the, uh, for a far last year in the championship, I didn't think that the. The top fight was as good as it was, you know. I mean, it, it's the same this season. I mean, you get Celtic who are streets ahead of everybody, Rangers who are okay, Hearts who seem to win games, and then everybody beyond that, uh, below that just now, just seems, to, I mean, they're, they're as good as each other. Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of been proven, I mean, with, with the records of some teams. I mean, look at the run Hibs are on. I know they just won at the weekend, and the, those are big clubs, you know. So, uh, I, absolutely, I'd, I'd say we're in a, a kind of... I, I, realistically, our, our objective is to stay up now. Whereas, again, at the beginning of the season, I would have hoped for an outside chance at top six, but comfortably staying up. But I don't think that'll be the case. Uh, we'll see how January goes. We've just brought in a, a new re- recruitment uh, guy, Russ Richardson, who I think we kind worked with at Aberdeen. So we'll, we'll see what he's made of just now. But again, I think it'll be stopgap signing to the end of the season to make sure that we do stay up. Um, and then kind of build for next year. So it's, it's, that's the objective for, for me as a Kilmarnock fan, is to hopefully do all we can, um, stay up this year and, and build next season. That, that's that's the, the only objective for me.
0: Um, is it quite frustrating with, obviously you said they're, they're bringing in a kind of new recruitment guy and stuff. When I look at some of the clubs like, you know, Kilmarnock and, and Motherwell... I, like as a scottish football fan i do get frustrated when you know you're picking up guys from and i know it's budget and stuff but like picking up guys from the lower leagues in england and stuff um we saw hearts this week go and pick a, a player up from uh vessel kobe now obviously you might not have the same sort of budget as hearts but as a command fan would you like to see them kind of expand their kind of recruitment policy
2: Absolutely. I mean, if if you remember back again, eh, as I touched upon earlier, Kenny Shields and Mixu Patelainen, when they were at Comarnock for that, well, Mixu was there for about nine months and then Kenny took over and was there for a couple of years. But you're signing guys you, you'd never heard of, but you, they come over and they were totally fresh to the Scottish game. But that was a good thing because at times people think, oh, you need to know the division. But these guys come, come here with no fear. And I think yeah. it's like the case of even playing the likes of yourselves and Rangers. You know, it's, it's a mentality thing in Scotland where we think we've got no right to, to, to go and beat you or compete. Budget, we can't compete, I'm, but I'm no one here to cry about that, don't worry. But, <laughs> uh, but, but you had these guys for, you know Spain all across Europe who'd come over and they just treated it as a game of football. Um, and I mean, look, at Celtic's recruitment's just been absolutely phenomenal we, we, we all these guys from Japan who, again, have come over. Nobody in Scotland knows how to deal with them. And it's all kind of a mix of players. I mean, Hatati, for me, is the best player in the league. Kyogo. Unbelievable forward that we were, we were just talking about him on Saturday um, when football. Like, I see he's, he's not really doing much. I'm like, watch him pop up, but in April, and it was the offside goal at that point, right? Yeah. Enough, and he's got well, Ash Taylor OG later on, but that's what he can do. Just pops into the areas and nobody can track him. So no, to, to, to give back to your initial line of question. I mean, absolutely. I, I would like us to look further afield, but you're hoping that's what this this, this recruitment guys. Um, Therefore, I know we just sent Kyle Vassell and you'll go through his list of clubs in England in the Rochdale, Rochdales, etc. Uh, I, I could be dealing with a service area maybe maybe did not even play with Rochdale, but it's that yeah. kind of level of club. Yeah, totally. but, I mean, that's, that's the kind of uh, the market that we're shopping in. But we're hoping with the, with the new recruitment guy coming in, we can maybe look a wee bit beyond that.
0: Yeah, Um. what did you make of the performance on Saturday from uh, our point of view? Uh, we covered it with our review uh, podcast where we kind of went into a tactical um, point of view. We were talking about, you know, the mark and Cal McGregor and how that kind of affected the game in, in the first half. As a Kelly fan, what what did you make of the the first half at least?
2: Yeah, well, I, I was up there on Saturday in um, the the first half. To be fair, I mean, I would love us to come out and play a bit more open, expansive football. But realistically, we just do not have the balls to do it. I mean, you would have seen yourself if you were at the game, should, should you well. I mean, like the. We're all big kind of tall physical guys. I mean, the only really guy in the middle of the park that we've got that can play a wee bit is Polworth. And he kind of tried to do that. But power at times off the ball was excellent. But the minute he got it, you were running into trouble or he was too yeah. slow on it. And that, that's where the first goal comes from. I mean, I was talking to, again, some of my mates, our Celtic fans, and they were saying, oh, Ken, come out, you sat on the edge of your box, didn't do enough going forward. And I'm like, what we did worked for 45 minutes, to be fair. I mean, again, you'll know yourself. I mean, we really were really restricted Celtic. I mean, Sam Walker didn't have a save to make. And I think the first goal was a goalkeeping error as well. It's a great ball through to Maeda. We switched off for that we split second. But that's what good teams like Celtic do to you. But I think it's a goalie's ball every day of the week. If you can go into half-time um, at nil-nil, I mean, I suppose you never know. But the second half, it, it, as far as I'm concerned, weird game plan. When we went down 1-0, there was no way we were got to come back, especially... Yeah second half with Celtic scoring after 10 minutes and really for then on in it could have been five or six but I did think we seem to execute a defensive game plan pretty well for 45 minutes but we've got to do more going forward and I think a few times we did win the ball back and with a wee bit more quality we could have caused Celtic a bit more problems you know um, Ash Taylor kind of had a header onto the, 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 um, the roof net. of the net he was working with I think that crossbar for a cross but other than that I mean, we, I mean, the goalie's not a... Joe Hart's not a save to make. Our best chance of scoring was the one Joe Hart left. <laughs> that's the NG folks, but... Um, uh, exactly. So, But the only way I look at it from a positive point of view is there's no way a club like can get two positive results against Celtic in a week. So that's out of the way and we'll, we'll win on Saturday, hopefully. Um
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the goalkeeper, I think he made one error on the second half, but he made some really, really good saves. Um What would you say is your kind of... um your strength, um, obviously, we, 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 you talked about how they, they set up in the first half, kind of constricting Celtic. And um, I, I thought for before the first goal, I, I thought really restricted this to kind of shots outside the area, and we were trying to make work we uh, channels and stuff, but it wasn't really working. Is that is that your strength, just kind of sitting? Because what I what I saw was when you there was two or three opportunities when you did break, and obviously you've got that the, the new striker who seemed to be up on his own. Is it a case of sit deep and try and hit on the counter?
2: I mean at home this season we've been very good right I mean you steamroller does it rugby park as well but uh, other than that our, our home record's been been very impressive For McInnes has come in uh, we lost to Air in the Derby Rugby Park Celtic and then Livingston beat us in a Friday night game but that's the only games we've lost at home we've got a pretty strong home record and we do kind of tend to go for it more at home um, as most teams would do um, again outside Rangers and Celtic but it's hard to it's hard to actually put your finger on what our strengths are because there's too much of us. I mean, set pieces we look good because um, we've got the the physicality there and the height of guys like um, Taylor, Wright, you know, all, all these kind of boys. But again, it's because we've no had a specific set way of playing because as I've as I've already touched upon, we keep changing systems and, and personnel we've not really had a chance to get used to something and know what our identity is. And every Commandant fan will tell you the same. You can come out and you can play excellent one week and the week after, you're you're rotten. And we, We've we sent guys like Jordan Jones back in the summer and it's just not really worked out for him. Um, I mean, a lot of your signings haven't really worked out. But on Saturday, certainly get into the game there, we're definitely going to be defensive again, but we've got to carry more an attacking threat. Scott Robinson coming back in, um, who obviously played off of Vassell on Saturday, um, he was just out after a, a year's injury. Um, he actually get injured. McInnes' first game, and we just got him back after the World Cup break there. But he's that we kind of link between. He's he's playing behind the striker or off the striker. But he's that kind of link that you know can try and get closer to guys like Lafferty. He'll be back on Saturday and in, um, in in Vassell as well. So. Again, who knows what an actual philosophy is, mate? We, we've got <laughs> uh,
0: Lafferty back. Uh, he'll be. Uh, he'll get the the um the response. I'm sure uh, he'll be expecting. Um, has he been a mess?
2: Absolutely. Um, but again, I want to go on record and say that it was his own stupidity. Like I mean, we can of feel sorry for ourselves. What he said was outrageous, and yeah, I mean, certainly, like, I had no complaints for for him getting that. It was a horrific thing to say, especially when you're. Your first instinct, but he's certainly been a miss on the part because as much as the, he's kind of get questionable uh, decisions off it, which we're all well aware of, his time in Scottish football, um, he's, he's certainly, you know, he's he's a good player on it for us and he's, he's been good for Kilmarnock. Um, it was typical at the beginning of the season, he wasn't really fully fit and um, he, he wasn't firing all cylinders like he was last season at his last stint at Kilmarnock and then the man at the ban we knew that he was probably going to get the ban he had a bit of form and then Aye. that was a lot so yeah well it's just the, the most violent football club thing ever but McInnes has touched upon his kind of influence in, in the dressing room um, He's he's been at every game I see him I sit just behind the dugout and, and he's been there every week to be fair um, and like, supporting the boys and I don't know if he's obviously gets access to addressing him before the game or whatever, but the only game funnily enough that he wasn't at was Celtic Park on Saturday, so I I don't know why that would ever be.
0: I will be booing him with every touch of the ball. Uh, But no, um, good points on on the ban and stuff. Um, But yeah, I mean, this game, I think, we played uh, St. Johnson last season uh, at this stage in in, in the uh, League Cup, and I think everyone turned up to that game expecting... Celtic to put on a show, uh, and obviously this is the the league cup again, league cup semi. Um, I don't want to say I'm I'm not worried, but I think it's going to be a lot hard. People will look at Saturday and they'll think, right, okay, it's a bigger pitch, you know. There's an opportunity to kind of express ourselves. Like, how is this a game? And obviously, you you've touched on. McInnes's kind of changing of you know style and stuff, but for you as a fan, would you like to see Kamano just go for it, like just, or would you like to see them be a little bit more compact and maybe hang on for extra time, or what's your thoughts?
2: Well, in, in an ideal world, I mate, mean, absolutely, I would, I would love. Month to go, can I toe to toe with Celtic again? I touched upon the League Cup final back in 2012. Of course. We were ever at the same level as Celtic, but I'd say back then the sides were closer together than, than they are just now. I mean, we had players back then, certainly attacking players who could hurt you uh, Dean Shields, Paul Heffernan, Gary Harkins, Gary's in the middle of the park, William Kelly, very good footballer, Gary Hay, even his, his age, he could play, you know, he would hold on to the ball. Um, but unfortunately we're kind of lacking in, in, in that department at the moment. I think that for us to, to just come out and go full throttle, it, it won't work. And I hate to say that because I I'm, I'm, would be positive and I'd love us again yeah. to, to go and take the game with Celtic, but it just won't work. Celtic are far too good for us to, to come out and do that. Um, again, to go back to Saturday for 45 minutes, it was good, but we've got to carry more a threat. Uh, I think the fact that, Obviously, there'll be a, obviously a decent command support there. Six and a half, seven thousand 7,000 uh, tickets have been sold. Better than having two or 300 or whatever it was on Saturday in the corner at Park Heed. they can see you anyway. So, right. I mean, that even itself is like not a magnet, but you can't go and sit in for for uh, 90 minutes when you've got 7,000 fans that have went to watch you. You know what I mean? They've got to carry more an attacking threat, but we've got to be defensively sound first and foremost. But I think... Again, with Lafferty coming back, there's more options there. I mean, Lafferty, Vassell and Robinson are th- essentially three new signings for us. You know, we, we, we didn't have them, um, you know, pre-World Cup and we've only just got Lafferty and Vassell in just now, essentially. So um, I, I I would like, cause I, I, th- I think we will have a more emphasis on attack, but I still think we'll probably set up in a similar manner, but we just need to be a bit smarter on the ball because, as I've said, and Saturday, I think if we were, we could have caused Celtic problems, purely down to the amount of players Celtic commit, you know, with, with, with the amount of players they throw forward. Yeah. There's gaps there to be exploited and Robinson kind of covers uh, every blade of grass and if you can get him up close to Vassell or Lafferty, whoever will start for the record, I think it'll be Vassell and Lafferty will come on. Um, I mean, you've got to you, you can't. There's no way we can sit for ninety minutes and no, no attack against Celtic. It's only got to go one way. It's a one-off game. You've got to have more of an emphasis on attacking, and I think that we won't do that. Still, no free-flowing attacking football, but we'll we'll, we'll need to come up more bodies forward. Absolutely.
0: Um, are you going to the game yourself?
2: I absolutely, mate. I wouldn't miss it.
0: Yeah, um, I, we will be too. Um, what's your predictions for it?
2: Mate, I would I would never ever uh, come on here and ever say anything other than like Kamala wins. Good. So I've got to say that. Realistically, I know what we're up against. I'm under no illusions. Um, but I'll, I'll say because for my own sanity, uh, I'll say Kamala will win two one. But again, I, I know that that's everyone will have to go an awful lot right in the day for us. And Celtic will maybe got, uh, I've got to have an off day. But again, from my point of view, to, to ask you, you say you're a wee bit nervous about the game. Um, I always think. See if you play a club twice in the space like in such a short period of time, it's never a good thing, regardless of the lively or position. It's never you never replicate the game essentially. Yeah. So is is, is that is, is that one of the reasons you might be, be a wee bit nervous about it?
0: I'm a massive shitebag. Honestly, what, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm really looking forward to this. I like the half five kickoff, uh, at Hamden. A perfect. You know, it's good for the away su- support as well, no matter where they're traveling from. Um, I'm just. there's just something, I'm I'm just a little bit nervous. I don't even know why. Um, Because if you look at it, um, you know, how we performed, I don't think we were particularly good on Saturday. So, I mean, we can only get better from that point of view. So, you know, I'm I'm confident Celtic will win. I just don't think it's going to be as easy as, you know, maybe some people are predicting. So I'm expecting a hard-fought semi-final, which is fine, good. You know, I just, uh, even though Celtic have been really good at Hamden over the last... What five, six, seven years? Um, I still always have flashbacks to Lennon's time when we were not good at Hamden. So, um, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, and by the way, see predicting your own team to win. We 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 speak to other kind of uh, podcasts and stuff, and there's a lot of play- a lot of people who don't back their team, and I'm kind of like just see if Celtic were playing. The Brazil national team, I would still say we'll, we'll, we'll win one nil. So, you know, <laughs> fair play, man. I respect the confidence.
2: We um, mate, thank you.
0: Um, just a couple of wee, couple of wee questions. Um, what, obviously, you've mentioned what you'd like to see from Komarnik as you know on the pitch as a football club. What's the kind of what is the goal of Komarnik? What What do you think they are? You know, the board and everything. What What's the kind of targets do you think?
2: To be fair, um, the boards are pretty ambitious. Again, it was just that COVID season t- totally set us back. I mean, we were one of the clubs that, that really that, that struggled during that. Like, yeah. I know everybody did, but it has really, really hard. Um, off the park at the moment, they're actually in the process. Uh, uh, there's planning permission in for a training ground, um, just actually up the road for me. So um, it's only maybe about two, two miles for Rugby Park, which would be ideal. It's just off the motorway as well. Um, so, I mean, that's very ambitious. A couple of us probably should have that. At the moment, the players train at Rugby Park because of the Astro Packs. That's one of the big uh, positives about that because I know it's not really popular and I understand why, but the, the pitch is there because you can essentially have the club and the community in the in the one area. Um, and you know you, you get the kids and stuff playing on it as, as as well as the first team training on it every day before playing on a Saturday so the the plans for the training ground are music to my ears I think that's that's fantastic and yeah. hopefully long term that will lead to his getting back to a grass park as well um, which is what I would like to see I don't think the park's as bad as anybody makes it out to be but yeah. it's, it's I, I, I would rather a grass patch and he's insane if they, if they wouldn't want that but um I think I think long term it's just again to really establish ourselves and where we should be. I think that we're underachieved for for so many years. I mean, um, with Tommy Burns, obviously, who you guys all know extremely well, who, who brought us up in in 1993 and essentially gave life back into the club. Um, for then on, Komal had a, a, a very good period. You know, I mean, there was a couple of scares of relegation, but we were good. The late nineties, Komal were excellent, uh, playing in Europe almost every season, uh, great crowds at Rugby Park. Jeffrey's come in a bit of stability, but it was a kind of downward trajectory um after Mixo and Kenny until Stevie Clark came in and you've seen the potential of the club when Clark was there. Yeah. The fans the fans can go. I mean this year to be fair it's record season tickets sales uh, sold over five thousand season tickets, which again is impressive for a club like Kamal the, the uh the town population is only 45,000. So if you put it in context yes, with that, um, it's it's very good. But I t- to really, you know, I'd say a good season is always to try and get the top six. It's got to be the objective um, in kind of staying up comfortably. Because as you know yourself, there's no much in between, um, you know, sixth and 11th place, essentially. Um, but I'd say there, and, and for the club to try and get back into Europe, um again, longer term, I'm certainly not talking this year or even the year after, but I kind of plan to build towards that. And to get back to Hamden, um, w- which we've got this year for the first time in, in, in 11 years, which isn't really good enough. You see other clubs have, have went in cup runs. We've not done that. Steve Clark got us to the quarterfinals, I think, twice maybe in the, the Scottish. But um, I, I, I know that sounds like I'm answering a lot there in I ideal world that would be perfect, but... I really do think a club like Kamala, you know, you should be anywhere 8th like eighth, eighth or 9th above all the time um, in, in a very, very good season. You know, you, you should be trying to get European football. That's the kind of bracket that we're in um, in regards to being a provincial club. And, and as much as you could go through the size of club and wherever they should be based on budget and fan base, we all know it doesn't work out like that. I mean, as I've touched upon, look at how bad Hibs have been this season. Still, plenty of time for them to turn it around, but you're never got to get Aberdeen Hearts and Hibs all at it in one season. So there's no reason why clubs like Kelly, Motherwell, St Simmon, even though they've never finished in the top six, I don't think um, can can you know kind of push for those kind of European places or uh, hang on to it. So, aye, that would be the long term plan. But again. uh, we could be relegated this year and that's all at the (laughs) window. yeah exactly
0: Uh, Callum it's been an absolute pleasure Um, thanks for taking the time to speak to us I'd like to wish you good luck on Saturday you're not going to wish it to me but um, I hope you have a nice couple of pints on the south side before the game and maybe after but pleasure as always man cheers
2: thanks very much mate pleasure to be on thanks again
0: Lovely stuff there. Um, good to hear uh, the Camaronic point of view. Um, prediction for uh, the game on Saturday, um, and it can be the scoreline, it can be a performance, it can be anything. Just watch. Give me a prediction.
1: I say 3-0 Celtic. Beautiful. You so, know, I, 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 I think they'll the machine will take over. I I'll think they'll get one or two in the first half, and they'll be yeah, I'll
0: just just cruise it in. Uh, what Not you think? What What do you think? Will, what do you think will happen in the other game?
1: Um, I think Rangers will win it. I think. I think it's just it seems to be. I don't know why. I kind of got feeling it's one of those seasons where it's you know obviously you're gonna meet them in both cup competitions. I don't know why. I just think that's just gonna be. I'm just resigned to that fact. So,
0: well, unfortunately for you, Aberdeen are going to win a hundred 0 Yes,
1: it's especially if Goodwin goes. Do
0: you know, do you know, what I, what, what I thought was just daft? Um, the Aberdeen skipper coming out saying that Morel, More, <laughs> Cholak's a better player than uh, Morelos. And it's like, just don't say that. Like, because you now know that Morelos is going to score a hat trick against them just because. Just keep, ah, keep your mouth shut, pal. Um, Celtic FC women are. Uh, they travel to play Glasgow women on Sunday at twelve PM. It's uh it's a game we should be winning quite convincingly. Uh, Claire will be there, of course, and uh, we will. We'll re- look over it uh, on the Celtic women's football show which will be happening next week and um, from the cynic we've got the reaction to the league cup semi which will be dropping after the game graham and annabelle and colin uh, will be talking that you're talking themselves through that game um and then on sunday we've got a new episode of faithful faithful through and through a new feature podcast so check that out we're going to finish on fact or fiction christian also, we've got the transfer committee, which is going to be next week, which should be a lot of fun. Um, Fact or Fiction, I ask you two questions and you stay up there, Fact or Fiction, and why? Um, question one. One of Gigi or JJ will still be at Celtic at the close of the window. Fact or Fiction?
1: Fact. Um, I don't think Gigi, Giacomacus, uh, I don't think he's going I think it's just it's you know the shooting if choting if, if if he came in and he was kind of ready go, oh yeah yeah he's gone but I don't know I don't think he's going yet so I think I think JD is yeah I think he's likely to go maybe because of Johnston is here already and so on but no I, I can't see both of them going.
0: Fair play. Um, Juranovic has been you know Southampton and Manchester United and all these links. Very there's not a lot of actual. Meet to the links, but the links not the same. So that'll probably start to continue over the next week or so. But yeah,
1: I mean, it would be interesting if he's if he doesn't go. What do you do, right back? <laughs> you know, so you know, if it's I, I, I still think you know, Girardis is a better right back than Johnston. I think Girardis is a better right back than, than most right backs really when he's on his game. So it would be interesting to have that stretch of well, yeah, it's think- probably almost going in the summer, but. Do you play
0: him? I, I, think I, Ange, I think Ange Postacoglu plays the best players that are available in each position, and it doesn't really matter the circumstance. I, I genuinely do think that, and so I think Jarovic would play if he stayed. I just don't; he's not going to stay. I, I think it's too far no, gone. So, so, he'll, I don't he'll, think so. He'll be off. Uh, question number two: Fact or fiction? Kobayashi will get first team minutes sooner rather than later. Um, obviously, we've got the Morton game coming up uh, in the, the Scottish Cup sooner rather than later, or do you think they'll kind of give him more time to bed in?
1: I'm going fact, and mostly because I mean, it's kind of a cheat to to say that because I, I think he'll play in the Morton game you know, uh, and have that, but I don't know, I, I, I do have a kind of s- sneaky feeling that he'll maybe try and See what he can do on the ball. And I think the Sumerian game would be an interesting one to do that, you know, because Sumerian was effective in their block uh, against, you know, Celtic last time. And if you do have closer scrutiny on my if you have somebody who sits on him all the time and you crowd out the middle, it puts a lot on your fullbacks and your center backs to kind of do something else. And I think Johnston isn't quite up to speed in terms of what Duranovich is was in that regard Burnaby isn't the level of Taylor in that regard so if you have a game like St. that you kind of go you know, you can bring one player in I think in that kind of game and see what he can do from centre back so it'd be interesting to see him like maybe paired with CCB in an actual league game um, also to prepare him for the modern game you know,
0: in the Scottish Cup, so. of course, the the, yeah. the, the great Greenock Martin. Um, this has been a pleasure as always, Christian. Uh, got the it's a big weekend of football for Celtic. Um, Hamden on Saturday, and then Glasgow Women on Sunday. But um, Christian Wilf, pleasure as always, sir. we we'll, we'll see you next week. Have,
1: have a happy weekend, everybody. And, uh, it's a pleasure, it's sort all of mine.
0: Lovely stuff. Uh, from Christian Wolf, I'm Chris Gallagher. This has been the Weekend Update. Enjoy your weekend, everyone, and we'll speak to you down the road.